Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 97, Orlando Showcase and more. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better, while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. Things are heating up. More developments means there's more to discuss. This week, quarterback Ivory Durham IV joins the show to discuss his football journey, XFL showcase, and combine experience. We also have interviews from the XFL Orlando Showcase. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On October 3rd, Orlando Sentinel staff writer Stephen Hudak reported Orange County commissioners approved nearly $800 million in tourist tax funding. However, the board put off decisions on funding applications submitted for three City of Orlando venues, Amway Center, Camping World Stadium, and the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. Commissioners said they still have doubts about the projects and potential risk. The decision makes the future potential Camping World Stadium, the home of the Orlando Guardians, renovations uncertain. On October 5th, numerous notable news outlets reported Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick Buckus had passed away at the age of 80. In addition to his career in the National Football League, Buckus served the original XFL in several capacities. Starred in XFL commercials, brief stint as a Chicago Enforcers head coach, eventually transitioned into the director of competition, and a league color commentator. On October 6th, Sports Business Journal writer Ben Fisher reported the USFL-XFL merged league has no interest in leaving broadcast television. His article quoted former Fox Sports Executive Vice President and Consultant Larry Jones with the following, We'll be selling teams in three to four years. Jones also shared it will be carried on Fox before saying he can't comment due to pending review. These comments from Jones' appearance at the Columbia University Sports Management Conference indicated the USFL and XFL are beyond their previously announced intent to merge. According to Fisher's article, the deal is under Justice Department review and both leagues have declined to elaborate citing the sensitive antitrust clearance process. Also on October 6th, XFL Insider and XFL News Hub journalist Mike Mitchell reported that Redbird Capital Partners and Fox 
have come to an agreement to merge the XFL and USFL on a non-binding term sheet that is currently undergoing regulatory review with the Department of Justice. Mitchell states the two sides reached an agreement prior to the intent to merge announcement on September 28th. The agreed terms 30-day waiting period, also known as the quiet period, is underway. For the time being, both the USFL and XFL are separate entities. However, once the terms have been reviewed and approved, a binding deal would be signed. On October 8th, the XFL held its Orlando Showcase at Celebration High School. Between the defensive and offensive player sessions, more than 300 participants put their skills and talent on display for American National Combine, Arlington Renegades, Orlando Guardian staff, and Doug Whaley. I was privileged to be among the media in attendance, where I was able to take part in interviewing Guardians head coach Terrell Buckley and players. Here is Coach Buckley's interview. Oh, man, nice day out here. All right, guys, we got Coach Buckley here. Uh, Coach, you want to start off by giving a little uh, feeling on what the showcase is all about? Oh, man, this was awesome. Uh, this showcase uh, here today at uh, Celebration High School. We want to thank them for allowing us to come out here and, and see the players. Uh, this morning session defense, 150 players, man. It was, and they worked. Some good guys out here. Uh, impressive. Not just athletic ability, but attitude-wise. Uh, you see son of peaked out, so I have to commend them, and now we're about to get in with the offense. So, very, very excited. Got the clipboard ready to roll. <laughs> 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 but the, uh, you mentioned that you want players to finish. People who don't know what that is, explain what it means to finish. Finish. Finish what you start. If we say run through the 30-yard line, you run through the 30-yard line. Game-wise, if you're playing a game, uh, we say play for 60 minutes. Uh, if it's 55 minutes, we still got five minutes left. Finish the game, no matter. Don't look at the scoreboard. You do your very best uh, with every opportunity. We have someone here who's very vocal in games. <laughs> As a yeah. coach, do you like that? If you perform, and Nick James is, I, 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 I know Nick James. He's like that every day. So when you have somebody who's like that every day, you can deal with it. What you don't want is the up and down. He is very entertaining, very exciting. Make your day. <laughs> All right, so it's the second go-around with these showcases yes. heading into a new season. Things with the Guardians made a turn for the better. Maybe the record doesn't indicate how competitive you guys were at the end of 2023. So what tweaks? I know there's always tweaks. Is there anything that you're willing to share, or is there things like, hey, we're still looking at the drawing board? Uh, getting better players. Uh, that's the whole thing. Uh, every coach is a better coach if you have better players. So that's the tweak. Making sure we're scouting properly. What are we looking for? Unlike last year, we're not starting from scratch. So we can plug and play. And then that helps us coaches now schematically become better coaches. We have to be able to get better players, but the scheme has to fit also. So it's a challenge on both ends. Any particular positions that you're looking at going into today? Uh, all of them. Uh, if there's a player out there that, that that we think is better or fits what we're doing, we'll see what can happen. What brand of football should we expect going into the season? Exciting. Uh, standard uh, is very high. We, we want to win. We want to be not just competitive, like you just said, losing games in the fourth quarter. We want to be able to finish games 
and put the W on the school. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Is that something you're going to work on a lot, is the uh, within the two or three yard line, that play? Absolutely. This year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we're going to try to go through the rules. If you look at how the scoring was, absolutely what we want to do is be able to score two points, get some three point plays, and uh, sort of have to go for one all the time. That's something I guess kind of threw you a little bit of a surprise this year that it was so much, so important. No, no, it didn't throw me for a surprise. We just didn't execute it very well. We, we didn't have. I would say enough plays. You know, you have a few plays for that, but then you look up and you know we're scoring, we're, we're getting it going, and now you kind of end up conceptually running the same stuff, and they know that. So we have to get a bigger playbook for for down inside the five yard. For the fans that are a little worried about the changes that are going on, what do you say to them as far as going forward? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, we we. They put out a statement about what's going on, and, and they told us that's that's about to stand up. Thank you, Coach. Good. Without even saying any uh, names or numbers, did you see any prospects that could possibly make the cut for you guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you go to these things, it's a project, right? You have 150 and a few. There's always anywhere from 5 to 12 guys. You're like, wow, where did they come from? And, and some guys that uh, I might have recruited back five, six, seven years ago, and then some of you don't know. But yes, there's a couple of young men out here that, that look pretty impressive. Good. Thank, All right, you. Guys. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Here is former Houston Roughnecks defensive back David Tolatino's interview. Is this your first combine that you've been to? Uh, no, last year uh, in June, uh, over there in Bradenton, Florida, uh, that was my first XFL combine. And, uh, St. Louis Battlehawks called me for a private workout in mid-August, and then uh, draft night, uh, Houston Roughnecks ended up taking me. Talk about the coach, Coach Wade. Oh, man, Coach Wade, I could go on forever. Uh, man, this is genuine. This is, aside from coaching, he's just a genuine, nice human being. Uh, he wants the best for you. He wants the best for the team. Um, and everything he feels in his heart, he's going to lay it out, lay it out there for us to you know, display it to everybody else. Lastly, how's your daughter doing? Oh, my daughter, Sabella, man, she's great. Uh, she's getting older. Uh, she just started kindergarten, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a scary feeling, you know, sending your kid off to school, but it is a great feeling being a dad, being a girl dad at that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You mentioned keeping yourself ready. Yeah. I mean, that's easy to say, right. you know, with adversity is just facing you over and over again, right? Yeah. How do you keep that motivation and, and find that time and that commitment? I mean, because that's the thing that a lot of people lack. Yeah. But clearly you're back. So yeah. what is it? Yeah, so, um, I think, uh, first of all, I need to um, first evaluate where I came from, you know, my background, um, the struggle I had to go through, you know, sleeping in the car through junior college, um, my family, you know, being displaced and also being, you know, homeless too. So uh, just having that chip on my shoulder um, is not only for me, now it's for my daughter and my family. So, uh yeah, just keeping that chip on my shoulder every every any chance I get. Yes, sir. So what does this mean to you though? Uh, You've already been through it once. Yeah. Second time it's probably meaning a little something different. So oh, what yeah. does this one mean to yeah, you? Yeah, this flight, um this flight up here to Florida from California. Um, you know, being on an airplane, being to myself with my headphones in it. Uh just told myself I'm laying it all out. There ain't nothing to leave back in Cali. Um and letting all these coaches know that I'm here, I'm here to stay. Right. And here 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 to get to the next level for sure. Best of health and luck. Yeah, sir. Thank you, sir. You're welcome.
Lastly, here is former Houston Roughnecks defensive lineman Nick James' interview. So, Nick, tell us here where you're at in your career and what brought you out here today. Right now, I'm a free agent man. I'm, I'm, I'm youthful, and I just have a feeling from God, from the man above, don't give up and just continue what you're doing. I work hard and work every day. Definitely, you're one of the vocal leaders out here. Is that part your personality, what you do? Yeah, that's, yeah I'm from Mississippi State. That Prescott, what's up? But, uh, yeah, man, that's that's us. And I try to represent our, our program to the best, and I show my spirit as well. Yes, sir. You feel that you gave your best effort today and left it out on the field? Yes, sir. I gave it all I got. Yes, sir. So at 30, Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. The opportunities are fewer and farther between. Right? More of a blessing. Right? Yes, sir. But you've had a heck of a, a run. Yes, sir. CFL, AAF. Yes, sir. XFL, here you are again. You mentioned yes, you feel it in you. You yeah. had the calling. Uh, it's a beautiful. Yeah. What does this one mean? Because you had all those opportunities before. Yes, You're not quite there. Yeah. What does this one mean? This is more of my legacy. More of a respected last run. A couple, couple more runs before I get too old. Yes, sir. So what are you doing to keep yourself in this? Because it's been a little while, right? Yes, 2020, I believe, was the last time. With the, what was it, Roughnecks? Yes, sir. So it's been a while. Yes, so sir. what does it take to get back in shape now when you haven't been in uh, camps and on teams? Well, I'm on the coast, so we got the best beach, Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, I've been running the beach about two miles a day, and I stand up at my work and work hard every day for about 12 hours. Yes, sir. You good? Okay. As I had previously mentioned, we will now be joined by quarterback Ivory Durham IV to discuss his football journey, XFL showcase and combine experience. Welcome, Ivory. I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show to discuss your journey and XFL combine experience. Um, yes, I appreciate that. I'm thankful for being here, um, taking the time to watch your day. Um, it's a blessing just to be here having a conversation with you. I feel the same way. It's a blessing to be here just to have the opportunity to learn and share your story. So I always say that it, or believe it is important and beneficial for the listeners of the show. If we begin with a little bit of your backstory to provide everyone with a better understanding of who you are as a person and a player. So you played your collegiate ball at division two powerhouse, Baldoza state university. Can you walk us through how you were introduced to the game of football, your college recruitment, and your overall college playing experience? Um, well, I would say I started playing football at four years old. Um, I started a year early, actually. Um, my dad got me into it very early. Um, he taught me pretty much all the positions of the game on offense and some positions on defense. My first year, I played running back, had an okay year. And then my second year of football, I actually started playing quarterback. And it's just I always wanted to be the guy in charge, the one to basically be the leader. And um, I don't have a problem with just being that guy when things go wrong, you come to me. Like, I, I'm, I love to be in charge and just to make sure that everything is going to flow. So um, that's just something about me, just in life in general. Um, I'm just going to be a leader wherever or whatever I do in life. So throughout high school, getting onto my college career, I was a small quarterback, as you know. Didn't have any offers going into my junior year. Thought Austin State, Coach um, K. Bell, he offered me a scholarship, K. 
came to my practice, watched me throw a couple of passes and offered me on the spot. And pretty much once I went on a visit there, it was kind of like it, it felt home. It felt like I was supposed to be there. And I just prayed over it with God. And he, he put me in the right direction to go to Valdosta State. And once I got there, it was something that was a place where I wanted to be. And my career there just was great. The environment was great. Coaches, everything about it just was great. We'll kind of get into your four years. Mm-hmm. You obviously, you played. Some people, it takes a while as a freshman, don't necessarily <laughs> see the field. And if they do, it's very limited. So you played, which is a credit. To, we can get into your, you know, your prototypical size, whether you are or what you're not, right? It, you know, that doesn't matter. We're all dealt the hand that we're given, and we just make the best of it. But you did. Right you, didn't, you didn't start your freshman year. You didn't start your sophomore year. But you got some playing time, and eventually you became a starter your junior and senior year, right? Am I correct? Yes, sir. You're correct. So with that said, you were making contributions. You didn't ride the pine and wait for your moment. You kind of had a moment. You didn't get the moment to be the starter, but – it's still a credit to who you are that you were able to get on the field, make contributions. You won a national championship your freshman year, if I'm not mistaken, right? I'm trying to yes, make my years, right? Yes, sir. I mean, it's not like you were waiting to be third string, never hit, you know, hitting the field. You got to contribute in a national championship, and you, mm-hmm. your team was able to make it back later on, right? Yes, sir. Unfortunately, yes, sir. you weren't able to win it the second time. But mm-hmm. uh, So i just kind of sharing this because – I think it's important to also get into this other aspect because I'll get into some of your numbers here shortly. So I sometimes can get on a little rant long-winded, so uh, please bear with me. Yes, sir. I know there is a stigma against players who haven't played Division One, Power 5 college football, right? We hear it all the time, Power 5, mainly SEC, right? If you don't even play the SEC, Big Ten and those guys, there's even kind of a knock against those guys, but Power 5, right? Mm Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, coaches, scouts, even fans overlook and discredit at times the ability of players who are from lower divisions and smaller programs. And I find that funny. And I know I even was a season ticket holder for Syracuse University, which is a power five school, even though it wasn't a great program. But, you know, I get it. But, I mean, there have been a decent number of players who have proven people wrong. Most notably, Tyreek Hill, who also played Division II ball, but for the University of West Alabama. Mm-hmm. Oh, bowler. No one would question Tyreek Hill, right, is arguably the best or one of the best wide receivers in the game today, right? Yes, sir. But also, this is why I wanted to take this moment, your college teammate, cornerback Christian Matthew, is in his second season with the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, he is. So, I mean, it's not just, okay, one division, but somebody out of your own program. So, mm-hmm. stigmas, I, I just kind of, I laugh at it because, heck, we even know Division three players that made it in the National Football League, offensive linemen. I can't never think of his name off the top of my head. I need to write it down one of these days and post it up here in front of me so that I'll remember it in the future. But he, he made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line and was on the offensive line when they won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. So, I mean, like, D3 could even happen. Just bear with me here. So, it can be done. It has been done. And when I look at your college production, I see 50 games played, only 25 of them as a starter, but that's half your games. It's still, you think about two years, 
Uh-huh. You recorded 6,804 passing yards, 69 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. And I share that not to focus on the negative, but to look uh-huh. at the ratio difference, right? That you right. had an overwhelming number of touchdowns to interceptions. Uh-huh. Also added 2,403 rushing yards and 27 touchdowns. Uh-huh. And the smaller piece is 122 receiving yards, but a, you added another touchdown. Mm-hmm. 97 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's big. I don't, I don't care what level you play at. That's big. And yes. I know maybe some listeners may not agree with it, but I'm like, I think that's pretty big. So I think it's very important to acknowledge those numbers because they do speak for themselves. Unfortunately, we'll come back to you probably deal with a lot of crap for not being that prototypical size of a quarterback, right? Uh-huh. Everyone's got whatever knock against them. Everyone's got that. But I have a feeling you let me know and you let the listeners know, do you use that as fuel to work harder, prove people wrong? Is it kind of that chip that sits on your shoulder? I would say I, I, I use it as fuel once I got after high school, it was like, okay, I'm in college now. So, Hey, if people think I'm small, I'm small. Let's just, is I've been doing it my whole life. So now it's just like, that's, that's who I am. And really not worry about basically the outside noise. I know what I can do and I just continue to prove people wrong. But once the noise comes, it's like, Hey, I've been hearing that. So it's like, it's, it's normal to me now. So it's kind of like, it's always going to be on my shoulders, but it's not going to always be, I guess, in the back of my mind of who cares what people say because like I'm doing it like, and I, I show people that I can do it at each and every level. So um, it, it comes to a point that it's kind of like, it's, it's just outside noise. So why don't you share with people what it's like coming out of a smaller school, right? We mm-hmm. see all the big pro days that these massive colleges have, right? And how all the scouts show. Why don't you sh- share with somebody what it's like after you've completed your senior year, and what it's like coming out of a Division two school, you know, and, and what it is it's put together, who it is that shows up. Well, pretty much, I was at Valencia State my four years. Um, throughout those four years, I seen NFL scouts every year, every day. Um, once I got to my senior year, hey, they were talking to me. So it was kind of like this can happen at D2. I've seen a lot of. I've seen, like you said, Kristen Matthews, um, Jody Fortson, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, Kenny Moore, DB for the Colts. So I, I've played with these guys. I, I've seen it happen before. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, I can get to the next level knowing that I already know that I can and, and I want to and I will. So going into my senior year, I seen scouts and I talked to scouts. They told me this is what they see, this is what they like here and there. And then graduated. Um, we didn't have a pro day. And so I ended up going to Kennesaw Pro Day. Kennesaw Pro Day was it was pretty good. Um, I had great numbers, but just that whole experience it was something that um, I actually liked. I enjoyed. I don't I don't regret nothing about it. It's just sometimes you just have to be patient. And just wait for God to tell you that hey, it's your time now. So I'm going through that process right now. But just the whole process of Pro Day and everything was was lovely. And then also I had the XFL Showcase and Combine that were. Pretty enjoyable, and I learned a lot. Got to meet more people, so I'm just pretty much still going through the process. So, well, we'll get into the XFL piece here in a little bit. I know this is an XFL themed show, so everyone knows eventually there's an XFL element here to discuss. But we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. But back on 
I believe it was March 20th, the Canadian Football League's Edmonton Elks announced they had signed you. Mm-hmm. How did that opportunity come about? Um, we're pretty much, um, I would say, after my West Florida game, we played against West Florida. We um, ended up losing in overtime, had a great game. We lost by the two-point conversion. Um, next morning came, and my coach told me that the um, Edmonton Elks, they um, were looking at me, and they had me on their neck list pretty much, that basically they drafted me because they can't draft Americans pretty much. So I was already selling their neck list. Went to the Kennesaw Pro Day. Had a great pro day, and they were ready to assign me right then and there. And I told them I think about it. Had a conversation with God, and went ahead and signed. I want to say a week, week or two after. Went down there. It was, it was a good experience. I learned a lot. Felt like it was something that that I needed. People say it didn't go my way, but I think it it went as where God had planned for me. Um, I ended up being released, and that was that pretty much. But you were able to get through camp, right? At least you got to go. Yes, through I was. Camp. It's not like it was a week long. They give you the boot, right? So, how, I mean, how long mm-hmm. was camp? You got reps, right? You got some professional coaching. You got to look at it from, you know, what it means to be a professional player, right? Versus right. a collegiate player. So kind of just walk us through that experience. What were your takeaways from it now as you continue to transition into this professional game? Um, pretty much just everything is a business. Um, you have to take everything serious, which I know when I already knew it going in there from the jump. Long meeting, something that I was prepared for. Everything was just a business. You have to take everything serious. And it's pretty much going through camp. It's a, it's a dog-eat-dog world, pretty much. You have to focus, worry about yourself, pretty much. And then once camp is over with, that's when you really know who's there for to stay. you got your teammates and everything. But that whole, I guess I was down there for what, about a couple of weeks, pretty much. Um, it was it was a business. I feel like it was just a business. Coach came in there and um, said, we got cuts in three days, so let's get to work. So it was it was kind of something that I was like, okay, I'm excited. Got out there, got through cuts um, probably first three days, and hey, I wasn't cut. I was just still excited just to play football, go around. And then when I say it was a week before the – Week before the preseason game, that actually released me. But it was just a, a great experience that I learned. Like you said, it was professional, so I know how to be a professional. And that's something that I always was trying to teach myself before I even got there. And so once I got there, I was like, hey, I'm here. It's, this is really how you be a professional. Take everything serious. It's business. It's business. So um, it was just something that I learned, and, uh, and I was excited to learn that. So it's a Canadian version of the game. I don't know how many football people really pay attention to the Canadian Football League, but there's differences, fundamental differences yes, in yes, Canadian football is. and American football. And I don't laugh at it because I here's the funny thing is I have a soft spot for the Edmonton Elks and I have mm-hmm. for a while. So I'm not saying I'm a full fledged fan, but if I'm going to tune into the CFL, I typically tend in, you know, tune into a um, an Elks game. I don't know why it's just I have a soft spot for them, but it's not like you know I'm a diehard, so I'm not I'm not going to claim that I am. But there's fundamental difference. Three down ball, the field yes. side is completely yes. different. The number yes. of players on a field is different. Yes. I mean, yes, it, it, it and listen, we, we can keep going. I mean, I I have this confusion, and I have people explain to me all the time with the rouge and I'm, whatever. But we're not going to get into it. How much did that? throw you for a loop i mean and not just the loop but how much did that impact your game i mean you're you're trying to learn to become a professional 
You're trying to (laughs) adapt to a new brand of ball. It's different. So what were your takeaways now that you can take with you that have impacted you as a player? I would say just knowing the game. That's the only thing that really caught me off guard was knowing the actual game. Going up there from the jump, my coach was telling me, make sure you're in the playbook, you're in the playbook. I got there, playbook was, it was simple. But then when you have to learn the playbook and you have to learn the rules on top of the playbook, it's kind of like, hey, my, my head is spinning a little bit everywhere. So I would say just the, like you said, the fundamental of the game, it was it was kind of everywhere. Like just going with the 12 people on the field to emotioning every play, the hand signals. And then on top of that, you're learning the playbook. That's kind of like, got to chop it down some, but it was just the, the fundamental of the game. It was, it was weird. It, was, it definitely was something weird, but it kind of helped my game because it was it, the field was bigger, it was wider, something I was good at. But it's just the knowing where people were, the 12 people reading the safeties when you got 12 people on the field. So it was kind of like the coverages. And then just the the personnel, the, the names that they call certain players, and it's just like, it's different. So that was something that, that I, I was shocked about, I guess I would say. Well, one door closes. Hopefully other doors open, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Aside from the XFL, because I, as I alluded, we'll get to that here shortly. Mm-hmm. What other conversations, what other phone calls, opportunities have you had? Maybe from National Football League teams, USFL teams. I mean, even there's a plethora of arena leagues mm-hmm. out there now. So, I mean... Once you, obviously, things didn't work out. Did you get any phone calls? Did you get any tryouts with anybody else? I mean, was there any any other interest? Besides the XFL, I had interest with the USFL. My OC from God Austin State, he actually had reached out to me and was asking me about, hey, I've had some conversations with some teams, and they were asking about you. But at the moment, I already signed to the Edmonton Elks, so it was kind of like a, I can't really. So it was kind of like, so once I got back, he got in contact with them, which I don't remember the names or the teams, but he got in contact with them. They were going to stay in touch because, you know, everything has been going on with the USFL right now. But I've um, also got contacted with an arena league team in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. And that's pretty much it. So right now I'm just staying working out, staying prayed up and confidence will, because it can happen at any time. Your dream is never over with as long as you believe in your dream. And that's what I want people to know. Just because, hey, a door closes, another one will open up. It's just up to you if you want that door to open up. It's up to you if you want to trust in the process because my whole life, this this hasn't been easy at all. So it's like, why would it get easy now? That that doesn't make sense. So I'm just going to keep on pushing, keep pushing and believing in what I can do and believing in what the Lord can do for me. I know you're not the same style of player as a Kurt Warner, but if Kurt Warner could have the NFL door close on him and go the route that it took for him to play for the Iowa Barnstormers back in the day, if I'm not misremembering correctly or something, but then play in the AFL and eventually make it back where he wasn't expected to be the starter. And obviously, you know, injury to green kind of went in his favor. You know, I say that's uh, happened and opened another door for him, shall I say. I guess history book has been written since then. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you started. It doesn't matter what opportunity you had and what gets taken away from you. It's the fact that perseverance 
and that adversity, you know, I don't bring that up with everybody, but there's sometimes that's what makes and breaks people. And I'm a man of faith, so I'm not to go down this road too much because, you know, the listeners, but I'm a firm believer. And my dad even says, uh, the Lord doesn't give you, you know, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Right. Exactly. He, He knows what you're capable of. Even if you don't know it yourself, you might be like, this is, this is my breaking moment. He, he knows what he's giving you. So anyway, just, you know, life is full of whatever that is, good, bad, ugly. It's 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. I am a firm believer in that. So doors, the XFL door is, you know, probably not wide open, but open. You got showcases, mm-hmm. combines. Can you walk us through how that came about was the showcase you're doing was that you reaching out applying was that somebody like hey we think you should do the showcase and can you share with everyone what showcase you went with and you know we could kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit so pretty much before i signed to edmonton um my coach had told me that he had connections my high school coach actually on Durant wiley that i'm thankful for he told me that he had connections with the XFL that hey, he needed. He had he was an inside type of guy. So pretty much I got released and I hit him up and he was like, okay, you got released. Okay, that's cool. I got some guys that were looking at you anyway. So um went to the Atlanta showcase, um, did pretty good. Numbers were pretty good, and I got invited to the combine. Went down there to the combine, had an interview with DC Defenders. Um, they were very interested in me. Like what I brought to the table and everything, had a great conversation, did great at the combine, great numbers. And then probably two weeks later, I got a private workout from them, but it got counseled. So pretty much that's just what's been going on right now. It's like, hey, got this good news and it got bad news. But it's like, hey, I know I'm still in there. So it's kind of like I'm just keeping my head up, going through the process. I recently got a private invite from the Orlando Guardians, but got counseled. So it's like up and down, up and down. So it's like I'm, my my face is there. People know who I am. It's just the point of when a time comes, it'll come. So it's like can't rush it. It's a reason that all this stuff is happening. So just have to be patient. And that's pretty much what's been going on right now. And um, I'm just waiting to hear some more news. What's been going on with the XFL and the USFL with the merge and everything. So I'm, I know it's kind of like everybody probably running off with their head cut off or whatever over there. So it's kind of like, I know I have to be patient because a lot of stuff is going on right now. So it's like, you just can't get frustrated or none of the unnecessary stuff. Well, there's things you can control and there's things that you can't control. That's just life in a nutshell. Life. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, the good thing, if you controlled what you could in the football realm, you went to the showcase, you mm-hmm. were blessed, right? So your work was uh, recognized. From yes, previous sir. work, your showcase that you bring you into the combine. Obviously, you're doing enough at the combine that mm-hmm. DC defenders are interested. The fact that you got the workout afterwards is also further credit to you and what you know what you have to offer. The fact that it got canceled, even the Orlando Guardians thing getting canceled, obviously that's not really a reflection upon you. That's just league wide. You're not the first player that shared that with me, or it's been reported. These events just got canceled altogether, so it wasn't like canceled on you. So just exactly. the listeners are aware. I try to, you know, transparency. So it's like, okay, it's just an unfortunate because you feel like you were getting a step closer and a step closer, <laughs> but it's just for whatever reason, 
that's just put off. And I heard there was a liability issues with some of the venues and stuff. So uh, whatever, yeah. so probably for the best that it didn't happen. But now knowing that, you know, there's going to be some drafts coming up. We know there's a couple more showcases left. Like tomorrow, there's one in Orlando. There's mm-hmm. one later this month in San Diego. But there's no more combines after this. But, you know, so the bulk of their work as far as looking at players coming in in front of them, other than maybe some workouts, it's coming to a close. So you're obviously mm-hmm. on the radar. And the fact that you have two particular teams, I'd say the Defenders and the Guardians, because if they're mm-hmm. going to bring in for that bodes well for you, right? That, so it's got to feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. The merger or the intent to merge at this point, as it is publicly stated, we'll have to see how things play out. Because it's not just how the leagues yes. are to play out. There's a whole regulatory thing with that. So that might take time. And it leaves a little uncertainty. I get it. But just move on past the things we can't control, as we've stated. You know, I have had access to coaches, executives that have, you know, I've been able to interview, have appeared on the show. So they're aware of it. And Mm -hmm. for maybe the coaches for, you know, not coach Buck, not coach Barlow and and their staff, for the other six teams that may have notes on you may have seen some stuff, but for whatever reason, they haven't reached out. What is it about you that you as yourself, the player that they need to know that they probably can't see on film, can't look at, read the statistics and the, the speeds and everything coming out of the showcases and combines. What is it that they're missing about you that you think they ought to know because that's why it makes you a different player? I would say just the the leadership that I have, the love for the game. I feel like I'm different. I know everyone says that, but I'm a, I'm a different leader. Um, I bring out the best in people. And I also believe I just, I just bring out the best in everybody that's surrounded by me. And that's something I feel like everybody feeds off my energy. And I, I bring that to the table. Just like throughout my whole career, I haven't been the guy my first two years of college. But they feed off my energy no matter what, even if I'm on the sideline, cheering people on, talking to players. Um, no matter what position I'm at, I'm just a leader at, at everything I do. And just the love for the game that I have, I like to have fun doing it. So that's something that I feel like everyone should know about me if they can't see it on film. We're also in this moment, right, where you don't know what's next. Is there going to be a workout on the horizon? Are you going to get brought into a camp, you know, after the first of the year? I'm assuming you're still grinding. You're still putting in some work. So can you walk us through what your typical day looks like right now. I mean, you probably got to put food on the table one way or another, provide for yourself, but you're also yes, trying to yes. keep yourself in, in shape on the moment mm-hmm. that you get a phone call. So can you kind of walk us through what your typical day looks like right now in the life of Ivory? Um, well, pretty much um, I've got a job. I've, I'm a um, collaborative aide at a middle school teaching um, special ed- education students. Pretty much, and I'm also coaching for the middle school also. So once that day is over, I'll work out and do what I need to do to prepare once I get a call. So it's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Like you said, putting food on the table and just I'm enjoying life right now. Definitely that fresh out of college. So I'm really, really enjoying every moment I can get. And I'm just blessed at the end of the day. You mentioned your coach in middle school. How different is that? You know, being a player, 
coaching side, mm-hmm. right? You, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's difficult because I, I was pretty coachable, and, and yes, one of the things my coaches used to tell me, I didn't play football, but I played plenty of other sports, high school, soccer, and college because I came from a school that didn't have football. But every coach I ever had said you're one of the most coachable guys I ever had, but. You probably don't have everybody sitting across from you is the most coachable either. So this kind of <laughs> it probably flips the script here a little bit, right? Role reversals well, and yes, yes, it does. It just I'm dealing with kids, so you, you have to know how kids react to how you talk to them. Some kids you have you have to just explain everything. Some kids you can't yell at. Some kids you can yell at and they're understanding. Some kids you just have to talk to them, sit them down, or just show them what needs to be done. So you have a different kids out here. That's just like with college. A lot of kids, you can't can't just yell out, cuss them out or whatever, something like that. You just have to explain it. So I work on the details pretty much when I do coach the kids. And I know I try to teach them what they're doing wrong when they do it. And then when they're doing right, then they, they understand the difference. So that's something that I try to definitely do. It's definitely interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. I've, I've done my fair share of coaching youth. Um, more like summer program, like summer leagues and working at camps and stuff, teaching mm-hmm. the game. It, it's, it's different youth. And, and I mean, it'd be probably different if it was college age kids or, or whatever, but um, no, I, I always find it interesting when somebody shares that because middle school is pretty young, but maybe if you were like a high school, like a varsity team it might be a little different, but no, I find that intriguing. I do. Well, Ivory, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show because it has really been a pleasure, you know, learning your your journey, your showcase combine experience. I wish you nothing but the best of health and luck because health plays a big factor in that moving forward. So if you are fortunate to get the, you know, the invite to camp and uh, play for an XFL team, I mean, I I know there's work yet to be done, so I don't want to, you know, claim that it's been done, but, uh, you know, you have an open invitation to come back and just, if you're interested, come back and we can kind of talk about the new experience, the continued journey that you're on. Uh, if you're interested. Appreciate that. I definitely, I definitely want to be back. So hey, write me down. I'm going to let you know. All right. That <laughs> sounds good. Before I let you go, if you don't mind, can you take a moment and let our listeners know where they can follow you and your journey? Uh, you can follow me on social media. My Twitter handle is um, Ivory Dermot Fourth, and then on Instagram you can follow me on at Mister Underscore Hollywood. I love the handle name. I love <laughs> appreciate that. Well, perfect. Thank you, Ivory. All righty, thank you. I think Ivory is an interesting prospect for the XFL. I hope the league and team staffs are not sleeping on him. He has a PJ Walker vibe to him. And we all know how that worked out for the Houston Roughnecks and the XFL in 2020. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, 
Do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform of choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.